When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the Final Word World Cup Daily Day. 30, the big one, Afghanistan playing Netherlands in Lucknow. Jeff Lemon and ESPN Crick Info's Matt Roller with you. And Matt, you're going to do the honours and tell us all about the game in the space of 30 seconds. Well, the Dutchies uh, batting first, they're, they're flying really. They're 70 off for one after uh, in the 12th over and then chaos. There's a load of runouts out of nowhere. Four of the top five have run out. Uh, there's some prime barbecuing as well, which we'll get onto from uh, Engel Brecht in particular. Uh, and they fold for not a lot, basically. Uh, there's a point in the run chase where Afghanistan are 55 for two, and you're thinking maybe there's a little bit of a chance, there's a strangle, there's a chop on, you're thinking, oh, we're getting some orange magic again, and we don't. We get Afghanistan cruising home to a third win in a row, uh, booking their spot at the 2025 Champions Trophy, and keeping that semi final race a lot more interesting than I feared about five or six days ago it might be. It was no orange wave, there was a blue wave with a red hat. That was, that was the wave that we had today. 179 is what the Dutch made, 181 for three when Afghanistan ran it down because Ramat Shah and Hashmatullah Shahidi just run down targets now. That is what they do. They've been doing it, they did it against Pakistan, they, they had a, an unbroken partnership of 96 there. Um, they had a, a, another big partnership against Sri Lanka and they had a, another half century partnership here today. They, they have a calm, they have a composure about the way they do things, which is totally at odds with you know even a few weeks ago in my mind Afghanistan was still a, a bad chasing team and that's what I thought their their vulnerability was so 96 not against Pakistan 58 against Sri Lanka and 74 against the Dutch today they just keep putting on scores that pair so Ramat his last few innings 36 77 not out 62 and 52 and Hashmatullah's last three 48 58 and 56 and they're all unbeaten for Hashmatullah Shahidi the captain uh, they there's there's just this calm and composure about the way they knock off run chases now well as you said it was something that you would say was completely at odds with Afghanistan's reputation generally over the past you know even four weeks ago I went I went to the the opening game that they played at the tournament in Dharamsala against Bangladesh which by the way now looks like a monumental upset the idea that the Afghans the mighty Afghans got rolled by lowly Bangladesh looks incredible um but yeah, thinking back to that game, I think they were 80 for one at drinks or 15 overs. They were, they were going pretty nicely with the top order, which was their obvious strength. And then it seemed so obvious that the rest of, for the rest of the tournament that this was going to be the story of it, was going to be that their middle order couldn't get going. Shahidi, I think, got something like 18 or 38 in that, in, at that game. And they were all at sea on a slow and low pitch, which was the sort of thing that you thought Afghanistan should be able to cope with. Since then, I don't know exactly what's happened, but they put in a pretty good performance with the bat against India. Um, and then really, ever since that England game in Delhi, they've been they've been flying. I, I think, um, you know, we've obviously seen Jonathan Trott's whiteboard, which has got a lot of uh, exposure, probably more exposure than it deserves to, uh, given it is literally 50 plus 50 plus 50. But 
It is the most basic <laughs> shit in the world, right? It is, we won 150 runs yeah. off the first 30 overs. But you can also, I, I think, much as, uh, much as it's easy to overplay the influence of the coach because it's a, a familiar name and all sure. that sort of thing, there is a, an extent to which you can see the trot influence in that he was someone who was very good at ticking along nicely in an ODI, Not ne never going to be a guy who was destructive like some of Afghanistan's batters are in Gurbaz in particular, but was very good at playing the sort of innings that we're seeing now from, from Rama and from Shahidi. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're absolutely flying in that game against Australia in, in Mumbai. Could be a could be a cracker. I, I was I thought that Hushman Tilla Shahidi. There was a moment earlier in the tournament where I thought he's going to have a stinker. It was the England game. He'd just run out Gerbaz, who'd made 80 and was looking terrific. Skipper runs him out with a horrible call, a single that wasn't there, and then proceeds to make, I think it was 14 off 28 balls before getting himself out. And I thought, I thought we're going to have a 2019 Afghanistan captain situation here. We're going to be, bless his heart and his giant biceps, we're going to have a Gulbuddin Naib situation, you know, when he would bring himself on to bowl an over that would go for 20 and he would promote himself up the order to bat at three and it would go terribly. And I thought, Hashmatullah Shahidi, are you going to captain like that are you gonna are you gonna captain them into trouble and I mean that day he did and they got away with it despite his interventions but ever since he's done the job he's he's been and, and he and Ramat Shah have both scored much more quickly than they have in their careers they've usually they've been guys with career strike rates around 70 who found it hard to turn the scoring over they've gone it close to a runner ball in the chases that they've batted in through this world cup yeah, and, and also I suppose what we saw tonight immediately after the game was the challenges that it's easy to forget about when you're talking about Afghanistan cricket. You know, Shahidi just pops up at the presentation and says, I lost my mother three months ago. Dedicate this victory to everything that's going on with Afghanistan refugees in Pakistan at the moment. And you suddenly remember that, that you know, after such a composed, cool batting performance of someone who looks like he's not got a trouble in the world, you then see, you know, a guy who's, who's clearly got so much going on outside yeah. of the game. And that's almost his escape from, from real life and what the situation is at home. So, it, it, yeah, incredible story. And I think that's the sort of, you know, it's the old cliche with Afghanistan. What a great story. But it is incredible when you think of a team that has won one game in two World Cups coming into this tournament. Who started with a, a pretty humbling defeat to Bangladesh and have all of the political backdrop mm. to then be in this position where actually if they give... The Aussies, the mighty Australia, are going next week. They could do it. Well, they're on. Yeah, they're on eight points, so they're on four wins. And people who are who are first-time players with the causality of time will say, well, if they'd beaten Bangladesh, they would be on ten points. Not necessarily, because if they'd beaten Bangladesh, they might not have then gone on to beat Pakistan. They might have got nervous because they had early points. Who knows? Other things could have happened. The other results would have happened differently. They might have still won games after that. They might not. That's how causality works. That's how time works. It goes in one direction. You can't change one thing at the start without changing the things after that. Let's talk about the Dutch, who, if they wanted to change one thing at the start and if one thing affected the rest of it it was Max O'Dowd who has struggled he's made starts he's made basically between 16 and 18 in every innings <laughs> finally got past the dreaded teens hit a boundary on 16 to go for 20 uh, to go to 20 this was after an early wicket so they changed things around a bit the Dutch have been changing this team a lot so Nita Monaro who was playing as the spare bat got left out a couple of games ago they had Shari's Ahmad for one game and then they brought in Shakib Zulfikar for him so two leg spinners in consecutive matches um, Zulfikar bowled some what I would generously describe as club level wrists spin um, that got carted for the most part, although he did pick up a wicket. 
with a, a court and bold after looping one up there that just took so long to come down that Ramat Shah chipped it back and was furious with himself. He was literally like, how did I hit that? Um, but probably in Pashto instead. Anyway, the, the point is that Max O'Dowd is finally up and running. He gets to 42. Majib isn't bowling that well after a couple of tight first overs. He gets the LBW and then he's bowling a bit too much leg stump line. He's being flicked away through fine leg um, and they're bowling too wide the other side of the wicket and Max O'Dowd's going through point and slapping the ball away and, and down through deep third and so on. Gets to 42 in quick time and like you said, they're up to 72 off 68 balls at the point where he takes what should be a comfortable two down to fine leg, coming back for the second. He's hurrying, he's not cruising, but, but he's, and it, then he realises, oh, might need to put in a bit of a dive here. And he's not quite placed for the dive. And it's Asmatullah, who is fast becoming one of my favourite cricketers, who pings the stumps down direct from fine leg. Um, just direct hit, Max O'Dowd's a couple of inches short, and then suddenly the runouts begin. Yeah, and it's so casual as well, that moment from Asma, where obviously, you know, it's a dead eye run out from deep fine leg, but it all starts with him sort of sauntering towards the ball and he almost lulls O'Dowd into this false sense of security, at which point you sort of, you wonder at exactly which moment it was where O'Dowd suddenly goes, oh, fuck. And it's just all gone horribly wrong. And yeah. he, he's short. Um, and then it, it all goes a bit wrong. I actually feel this this is a probably a niche point, but I know that the Final Word Daily listeners like a niche point. This is a place for niche points. You are safe with us. I feel as though the Dutch, I, I'm a massive fan of Scott Edwards. I think he's captain brilliantly. I think he's got the most dismissals of any keepers in the tournament. He's been very, very good. I, I really feel like he should be batting four for the Dutch. He got Norf one today. It wouldn't have made a massive difference, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But... Engelbrecht batted four today and just didn't have any tempo, any rhythm early in his innings. And I, I think Edwards is, despite his dismissal today, where it was a bit calamitous, he's a very, very good player of spin. He's done well against Rashid Khan in the past. He played Adil Rashid very well against England in an ODI series about 18 months ago now, coming up four. And I just feel like maybe Edwards at number four is the answer where they have a little bit more tempo because Engelbrecht, by the time he, he basically smashes one to mid-off, calls Ackerman through because he's a bit desperate he's on 11 off I think 30, maybe 12 or 31 balls smashes it to mid off takes the single Ackerman's mm. martial um, and that, that's when it really starts going terribly wrong maybe if Edwards is there and he's I don't know if he's, if he's got 10 off 20 or he, he, even something as slow yeah. as that maybe there's not the sort of panic that sets in over the course of the next few overs where they're just so stuck they had they put four spinners today, again Afghanistan like they did against Pakistan, they brought Noor Ahmad back the left arm wrist spinner and yeah, Edwards might have been a little better equipped to be able to deal with that or, or to find a way. It, w it was a real Kevin Peterson style of running, wasn't it? Just smash it straight at the fielder. And I used to call that the, um, the Morse code run, dot, dot, dash. <laughs> and Engelbrecht, so he just cooks Colin Ackerman. It was very South African vibe there, so it does, it does, Peterson does come into the conversation. Runs out Ackerman, who's going to the striker's end, who's just... It's like, why would there be a run there? Like, OK, fine, I'll respond, but he hadn't given him enough time and then Edwards who plays a sweep shot gets a bit of glove on it and he's not sure where it's gone I, th I think so technically it goes in the book as a run out there's no way he was looking for a run I don't think they they think because he took a step forward he was thinking of running I think he's just trying to figure out how to turn around and he didn't know which direction to turn in to find out where the ball had gone so he he takes a step in order to try to turn back the other way the ball's ended up with the wicketkeeper who smacks the bales off and he's a metre out of his ground, Edwards. So he's run out the very next ball, two run outs back to back. Ikram Ali Kill, who then takes 
two more catches and a stumping immediately. He's robbed of a dismissal there because that was a stumping. <laughs> that should have gone down as a stumping and the bowler's robbed of a wicket. Um, but yeah, it all happens quickly from that point and then there's there's the other run out. So Engelbrecht's got his way to a half century relatively slowly, uh, but you know, he's doing the he's trying to repair some of the damage that he did. And then Rollo Fandamova, who's such a competitor but clips it straight to mid-wicket and runs. Engelbrecht's just standing there. He's, he's been Ackermann's. He, you know, the same thing happened to him. He's like, oh, God, okay, we're taking a single. And he's nowhere really near it by the time that throw comes back in. So he's run out, the fourth run out in a row. Um, and, and it's pretty much a formality from there. Vandermeer skies one. And, uh, and, and they're, maybe they're just tired by now. The Dutch, you tend to see this with, with lower-ranked teams who come in and give a good account of themselves. They've had their big win over South Africa they had a significant win against Bangladesh and usually when it comes to the team that's supposedly closest to them in terms of ability the one that they might actually be most likely to turn over they very rarely do that that sort of last place last seeded team in these long league stages they very rarely knock off that side that's closest to them yeah it just felt like bad in-game decision making is the simplest way I can put it where I don't know. There is a bit of a South African theme, actually. I was thinking, it was a three out of four run-outs of South African-born play- uh, African players. Mm. Um, maybe there's something to it. Maybe that's the, the choke of the World Cup, is Netherlands having four, three, three South Africans run out in Lucknow. Well, they all involved, yeah. So, well, I, I doubt in New Zealander and Edwards is, is Australian in terms, yeah. in terms of birth, but there was definitely a South African influence. Yeah, yeah. There's Engelbrechters and a couple of uh, Ackermans. Yeah. Yeah. Ackermans so, in... Van der in one of them. Yep. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a little... A little nugget there, but yeah, I, I think it, it, you know, and I, I hate using this as a sort of a, as a reason that things happen, but there is an element of people making bad decisions in heat as well. I think, yeah. um, you know, I think anyone who spent any person who's not used to being in the subcontinent who spends a period of time here occasionally, you feel absolutely fried after an afternoon out in the sun. Yeah. Um, probably more so if you're from from the Netherlands, um, and you know, you can you can make bad decisions under pressure and. I think we saw a lot of that today. So they did, and Afghanistan didn't when they batted second, cruised at home, um, three down in the end. So, so they've qualified, basically. We're happy to lock them in for the Champions Trophy in, in final work qualifications anyway. And, and the Dutch are out. That Yes, they could still get to eight points, but they, again, like Adam and I spoke about with Sri Lanka last night, they won't be able to turn their net run rate around sufficiently to even if they're bowling a team out for 10 and chasing it in and over, they're probably not getting enough net run rate back to try to put themselves into semi-final contention. But they could be in contention for Champions Trophy spots. And that, particularly, say, if England lose to Australia up here in Ahmedabad, where we are, waiting for that game, if England lose to Australia, then it basically becomes a Champions Trophy playoff between the Dutch and the English in the subsequent match. We all thought it was going to be the Euros, the European Championship final, that game, November 8th in Pune, England versus Netherlands. Who's the best team in Europe? We find out once and for all. Ireland tried and failed to qualify, same as Scotland. It was going to be the one. It was going to be the, the birth of the Four Nations ODI tournament, the round robin that saves bilateral series because it's actually a quadrilateral series. Uh, instead, it's actually a huge game because for England, it's kind of unfathomable, the idea that they won't get to that Champions Trophy. It might actually do them some good in the long run because it might actually, for once, clear some spots in their mm-hmm. schedule. They'll inevitably then fill it by going to the Caribbean on a test sure. tour instead. But it's a massive game. And for the Dutch, the Champions Trophy, you know, they England didn't know because of the fact that the ECB have changed 
so many key personnel, operations, chief executive, right. chairman, coach, etc. The Dutch didn't know because they weren't invited to the room where it was decided. No. They had the associate member representatives who were representing teams that weren't even in the picture, all ranked 20 and below in the world. And the Dutchies were there basically, you know, found out a couple of days ago and were like, oh, fantastic. You know, top eight gets your Champions Trophy. They've been once before, which was, I think was 2002, where it was a very different tournament. They lost two games and were sent home. This time, it's it's guaranteed something to work towards, something to aim for, something they can lock in sponsors for long term as well, potentially, because for this World Cup, they had three months between the final qualifier and the start of this tournament. This time, they could have 18 months of preparation period, not only for uh, the players to, to improve, to have some stability, to have some long-term contracts because they have guaranteed participation fee, but also to then grow the game through securing sponsorship, all that sort of thing. So it, it, it's it's hard to state just how big it would be for the Dutchies. And I think also, you know, people people underestimate just how small their budgets are compared to other teams. You know, I think Ireland under the new ICC model are getting something like 17 million US a year from ICC revenue streams, and the Dutchies are going to get two, two million. It's eight and a half times two. It's incredible. So the fact that they've achieved what they already have and then could achieve something even more significant, really, by coming top eight would be, would be massive. Champions Trophy 2025. They're going to win it. They're going to run the table. I hope they do. I hope they do. It'll be, it'll be a hell of a story. All right. Let us go now to the final word, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame where we pick the things that we enjoyed today. It's brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Uh, you probably don't know this because I only found this out yesterday. There is an interactive ancient Egypt exhibition at Westfield Stratford City. Now we have Westfields in Australia where I come from, but they did not have anything as cool as that. Um, the, you can, the number of things you can do there, where you can go there and donate blood to help people out. You can go there and have a, a, a climb on the rock climbing wall. You can go there and have a nice day of eating, or you can go to the ancient Egypt interactive exhibition that is so realistic that the British Museum is planning to knock it off as we speak. Um, if, if, when you get back to London, promise me you're going to go through the Ancient Egypt exhibition at Stratford City. I think it'll probably be the first thing I do off the plane. There's obviously, you know, I know there'll be a pint of Guinness waiting at the local. My girlfriend will be there. But the first thing I'll do is straight down Westfield. Victoria Line would take you pretty much all the way there, wouldn't it? What's the, no, the Elizabeth Line, the purple one. The new purple one goes pretty much straight to Stratford City, I reckon. So that would be the, the ideal thing to do from Heathrow. Um, you, can, you can find the links in our notes or you can just, just pop it into Google. You'll figure it out. Hall of Fame. Oh, it was Asmatullah for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I, I love Asmatilla. I think out of nowhere, he suddenly started batting five and just knocking again. What he, he scored about 105 today out of nowhere. Where it, at the start of the tournament, you had Najibullah Zadran, who's been part of Afghanistan's side for forever. I sort of didn't even clock that he was going through a bad run of form. I was just like, Najibullah will bat five because that's what happens with Afghanistan. And then suddenly Asmatilla has been batting five and been going seriously well. Um, he has this sort of weird role with the ball where he nibbles it around a bit early on. Seems to He bowls with pretty good pace, yep. has a bit of a whippy wrist, uh, and, and everything seems to work. Then he comes back at the end of the innings, generally gets pumped, uh, and then he bats five and it all seems to piece together somehow yep. at the moment. And it's just, it's, it's, it's all work. He's, he's one of these guys where, you know, there's, a, there's an alternative World Cup in which Asmatola does basically nothing. And this World Cup, yep. he's been brilliant and then and then he just does the casual run out from fine leg with a little wrist whip that just that just sort of flies in and he's good um, I'm gonna go with something that is not related to this game but it's related to yesterday because I didn't 
get to bring it up yesterday. I was looking at uh, times that both openers had made golden ducks in an ODI, which I wanted to talk about yesterday, but forgot. So uh, in terms of, uh, so I was, I was running through the list. There's, so Ames Sahail and Graham Gooch both make golden ducks in the 92 World Cup, but they're playing in different games on the same day. Um, so that was fun, but there, that's, that's happened four other times that players in different matches on the same day, openers this is, have made golden ducks. Um, Ramiz Raja and Desmond Haynes doing it in 1993 in Cape Town at the Total International Series. That was in the same match. Pakistan got bowled out for 43 that day with six ducks on the scorecard. <laughs> Very reminiscent of Sri Lanka against India. Patrick Patterson blew them up. So there are six times where the players from different teams have done it, but we're looking at players from the same team, which is what the Sri Lankans did. Three previous occasions, Piet Rinke and Terry Duffin. Um, I love it that I've been covering cricket for so long and I can still find international players I've never heard of. For Zimbabwe in 2006, Fidel Edwards knocked them both over in and over. And then the others have all been in World Cup matches, which is weird. 2015, Afghanistan versus Sri Lanka, Tiramane and Dilshan, both okay. made first ballers. It was a Zadran attack, Dorlat Zadran and Shapur Zadran. And then I think Sagakara made 100 and Sri Lanka won the game anyway. 2019, that brilliant New Zealand-West Indies game, Sheldon Cottrell gets Guptill and Munro in the first over, and then Williamson makes 100 and New Zealand win. So the teams that have taken the two Golden Ducks haven't won the game before, before India did it last night with Nasanka and big Frankie Roons, Dimuth Karunaratna, <laughs> um, who both made Golden Ducks, one in the first, one in the second over. And the last bit is that out of those six occasions where players in different teams, openers in different teams, have both made Golden Ducks, one of those games involved Patum Nesanka in the World Cup qualifiers when Max O'Dowd at the other end got a first ball duck. So that links it back to our game today. And Patum Nesanka is in two both openers Golden Duck rare categories in the space of about three months. That's, that's honestly completely blown my mind. Uh, and what a, what a rap as well. Back to Max O'Dowd. Incredible. The it, possibly the best ass in cricket I think is that fair to say is that is that objectifying the, no the broadest beam we're just looking at pure physicality the power but it wasn't enough power to get him home because he got run out earlier today all right that's it that's the final word World Cup Daily brought to you by Westfield London Westfield Stratford City thanks to Matt Roller for coming on the show uh, if you like what we do patreon.com slash the final word we'll be back with you tomorrow for day 31 which will be me and you at the uh, the big one the big stadium for England Australia which comes after the early game which is uh, two teams that have momentarily slipped my mind. Who is it? It's Pakistan against New Zealand at the Chinnaswamy in Bangalore. Oh, the small matter of who's going to qualify fourth in the Pakistani-New <laughs> Zealand game. So Adam will have that one with Cameron Ponsonby. We'll have the double dailies tomorrow. And we'll see you then. Sorry if I ran out to empty this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out.